When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here with Mike K. I'm at New Era Stadium in Orchard Park, New York. The Eagles just beat the Buffalo Bills, and they're Super Bowl contenders again. Everything's fine. Uh, we, we were kidding the last two weeks. The, the sky isn't falling. Uh, <laughs> not really. Uh, so the Eagles played one of their most, I don't know about complete games, but they played a really good game against the Bills today. They won 31-13. to They're 4-4 four and four at the halfway point. I think a couple weeks before the road trip, uh, you you kind of harped on the fact that if they got out of this and they were four and four, they would be okay. Maybe the journey to that point wasn't good, but like how how, how much different do you feel about the team right now than maybe twenty four hours ago? Well, I think they beat a good Buffalo team. I wouldn't say they're a great Buffalo team. Um, I think Doug Peterson called a an excellent game. I thought Jim Schwartz called an excellent game. I thought the secondary stepped up. There's a lot of signs here to like. I'm not convinced, but I do yeah. think this team has momentum now going into week nine against Chicago, which is important because you want to enter that bye week above 500. Like you said and alluded to, I was a big believer in, in them getting to four and four so they could contend for the division afterward. Because if you look at their upcoming schedule, Chicago... Uh, does it go Chicago, then New England? Or no, Chicago, Chicago by New England, right, Seattle. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So Chicago by New England, Seattle. All at home. All at home. Those are the three toughest games that they probably have outside of the Cowboys yeah. at home. And the Bears don't look like a... The, I mean, their defense is still good, but like Trubisky is worse than Josh Allen, probably. So. Yeah, um, and so I think, like, from my standpoint, this is a team that if they get a couple of upgrades at specific positions, which we'll, we should say that we'll talk about that yeah. much later in the podcast after our yeah, so, traditional so, recap. So ju- just to say this now at the beginning, so we're, what we're going to do is we're going to do our usual game recap uh, probably for the next 20, 25 minutes. And then at the end of the podcast, we're going to tack on like 10 to 15 minutes of a trade deadline preview because it's kind of a quick turnaround to Tuesday's deadline and the Eagles we, feel, we I think we both probably believe they're at least going to be actively looking at players, whether they complete trades or whatever. We'll find out. But we're if you want to, so fa- if you're only looking for the trade deadline part, you can fast forward to the last 15 minutes or so. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, uh, if they if they're able to upgrade the roster, which I think they will, um, then I think they're in position with momentum and and to feel good about where things are going moving forward. Again. This is a Bills team that also kind of sta- uh, shot themselves in the foot a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Josh Allen made a lot of mistakes in this game. Jim Schwartz did a really good job with how he brought the pressure. Um, the defensive line deserves a lot of credit. The secondary played well. Like, the coverage was exponentially better than it had been the last two weeks. Um, granted, the Bills don't have the weapons that the Cowboys or the Vikings do, so you got to keep that in perspective. Overall, though, um, I think... Moving forward, 
the idea is to be as creative as possible on offense like Doug was today. Pre-snap motion was a huge deal. You'd like to see more of that. We've talked about it before. I want to see two backs in the backfield. They did that today. Where Jordan uh, Howard is basically a fullback, yeah. Right, and uh, sprung, you know, uh, Miles Sanders for the biggest run of his career. So And it, and it spurred a – I thought a dude where's my car and um, Carson Wentz's reaction to it. He's like, that was sweet. And he said sweet like again, like I feel like 30 seconds later. Like I've never seen him say the word sweet before, but he was like so excited about that. Um, just overall, I, I think this team can build off this win. This isn't like a paper win. Yeah. Um, they won this game. But moving forward, I would be tempted to say that it's 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 a nice step in the right direction. They need to continue to do that. It's like one foot in the right direction, not right, two right, feet right. in the right direction. Correct. Um, I will say, like, you have to give them credit for everything they did. You know, they won on the road uh, in Buffalo. It was really windy, rainy, and gloomy from the start of this game. And in theory, the Bills, like, are used to that. So you'd think that would give them some sort of edge, but it clearly did not. Um, I mean, the difference probably was some of those turnovers. I think after Brandon Graham had a – I guess it wasn't technically a strip sack – it was a strip, though, right? Yeah, because it was, it was a design. I think apparently, he game. wants it to be credited as a sack. I think he probably won't get his wish. But um, I think after that, they scored on like four or five possessions or something like that. So th- this was like similar to the Packers game in that they just really used the ground game to set up the passing game as opposed to the other way around. Um, Miles Sanders, who we've been critical of in terms of his ability to actually like run the football. That was a really good run. It was really good blocking. That's probably gets more of the credit. But Jordan Howard again, like I'm sure we'll talk about him a bunch. But he just looked really, really good again. You know, he he, he when they needed him to run down the clock, that's exactly what he did. He had a key 20 yard rush in the fourth quarter uh, when they were killing clock. Um, and like this dude just falls forward. Everybody on the team loves him. I've I've talked about in the past and I've written about how I think they should extend him. But like this has to go down as. If not Howie Roseman's best trade he's ever made, then it's at least in the top two or three, right? Well, I would say the trade up for Carson probably. But well, yeah, re- relative to like value and everything like oh, that. Oh, value wise, yeah. yeah I mean, I when def- you're factoring in everything. I would say Jay Ajayi probably over this trade, but when you think about it for what. He gave he, up less for Howard yeah, and he's yeah. producing as much as Josiah did. Right. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think it's up there. I, I mean, I'd have to really think about it to, uh, you know what I mean? Like break down all of his trades, but. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a great trade. So when the Bills went up uh, seven to three, Cole Beasley scored pretty easily on Sidney Jones. Like, did, where were you? Where you were you at with the Eagles playing? Like, it was hard to get a read on this game because it was so sloppy and ugly in the weather. Yeah, it was it hard rough. to throw the ball, but it felt like they were in it. But it also felt like they were losing by more than they actually were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there were. Yeah, I mean, that it took a while to get that going, and then once they got this. The fumble uh, in the second quarter. Yeah, Fletcher game, Cox strip sack. The the game just like, I mean, it just changed, right? So I think um, the Eagles are a momentum team. When they're on all cylinders, yeah. they're balling. If they are not, they are crawling. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, no, yes, I that was that was not on purpose. Um, I'm not that clever. Uh, but I thought this team came in here, and you could tell they were playing with some, like, pep in their step. Like, there was definitely some attitude to this game. Rodney McLeod landed, like, four or five, like, legitimate hits in this game. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins was in guys' faces. He did have Fletcher, two penalty, bad penalties early in the game. Yeah, Fletcher Cox 
played really well. Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham. I thought Brandon Graham played one of the best games of his career. Man, he's been awesome this season. Like, he's on pace now for 10 sacks. He has five. Yeah, and that was his goal from the jump. Uh, he's never had 10 sacks before. Never so. made the Pro Bowl, and I think he's playing like a Pro Bowler right now. Absolutely. I think he's, if not the best run-stopping defensive end in the league, he's definitely top five. Well, and his I, ability to, like, wreak havoc when they put him on the inside as a pass rusher, like, just so valuable to this team, especially when, they ha- when they're playing. They started Bruce Hector, by the way. And Anthony Huggins and Anthony Rush both played a decent amount, I'm pretty sure. Wait, yeah, no, they, they were in there. Is his name Anthony Huggins? It's Albert Huggins. Um, see? You're thinking Anthony Rush. <laughs> Combined their names. Yeah, um, And I didn't really notice those guys that much, which is probably both a good thing. And, like that, you can, You're not expecting yeah, those they guys were fine. To, to change the game. But um, like just a few moments that are like positive signs that I just think, like just off the top of my head. One was Carson Wentz uh, running the ball. Yeah, There's a few plays great. where he looked really, really good, and the the locker room was pretty hyped about it too. Actually, um, I think that's a really good sign. Uh, he's pretty clearly healthy. Like, there's there's no way you mm-hmm. can say that he's not healthy right now. Like, you can't use that excuse right now. It, he, he again, he, they I won. Mean, no one's 100. Yeah, yeah, at this yeah. Point, yeah. As Doug Peterson always tells yeah. us, um, he only threw 172 yards and they won again. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but that's happened a few times where he doesn't throw for much and they win. So clearly. I'm not saying this team's better as a running team, but like clearly they need to run the ball well if they're going to win games. Like last year, people said that because they weren't running the ball well, but they weren't running the ball well because they didn't have good running backs. So this year they have the good running backs. So it, it's just interesting because probably because they don't have the pass catching options to make this thing work. Um, and another play that was big in terms of like just looking ahead was when Alshon Jeffrey uh, Wentz completed a 38 yard pass to him. It was with the. With how hard it was to throw the ball and like the wind and stuff, like just all things considered, it was a really good play. We haven't we've talked about how they just haven't thrown the ball down the field to Alshon. I thought early in the game it just seemed like either he was banged up or he still might be banged up, honestly, or the effort wasn't there or something. But he doesn't look like himself. Yeah, I think that's that, fair. that was a good play though. Yeah, it was. Uh, he looked back for the ball and and fought for it in the air, sort of. I mean, you know, it was. <laughs> I mean, he fought with himself. I mean, it, yeah, it was, it was, it was, if he had dropped it, it was his fault. Not right, Carson's. correct. <laughs> um, was there yeah. any of plays that stick out? Uh, we kind of covered the sacks. And... Yeah, with the sacks and the fumble. Um, oh, Ronald Darby had a great play. Yeah, it was PBU. on the fourth, fourth down. In the third quarter. In the third, yeah, and he, and he, uh, knocked down a pass. And honestly, I didn't notice him struggling really all that much in this game. I mean, he, he, he had two moments where he kind of, slipped a little bit but didn't really give up like huge chunk yardage i mean he gave up first downs but it wasn't like yeah he was he was not a problem by the way that came after i believe boston scott muffed a punt or kick it was a kick and uh and the bills recovered it and then so they were in the territory and they had four downs and they didn't score but i should say it's kind of there's some i don't know what the right word is it's it's just kind of funny to me that we've gotten to the point where Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby are pretty clearly their best cornerback combination. Jalen had a pretty good game today too. You didn't hear him when you don't hear Jalen Mills' name. That's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I think he wasn't matched up against speed very often, yeah. which helps. Which is good for him. But I mean, John Brown. It seemed it felt like he was doing a lot of damage, but he only had five catches, fifty-four yards. So you're holding a deep threat to ten yards a catch. Um, Cole Beasley probably won the matchup with Sidney Jones, but Jones still did okay. I thought. Relative to, like, our expectations for him at this point. Um, I wonder, like, how much he'll play, if at all, when Avante is fully healthy and back. Yeah, I, I mean... I wonder what that situation will be, but I um, thought he played okay. Um, 
I, I know you pointed out on Twitter, TJ Edwards kind of stuck out to you, right? Yeah, I mean, just, it, like, he wasn't, like, an all-star. Yeah, yeah, but, like, relative to expectations, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think he's a guy that is really kind of developing into his own. Um, I, I, I think he's a guy who, when we look at this team as a whole, they don't have a lot of young guys. And if he can be the next Camus, you know, that's great. Because really, he was a guy that a lot of people talked about in the draft community. He had a really strong preseason. He had a good training camp. Um, and this team likes him, and I think if they if they continue to give him opportunities, he's going to succeed. Like Nigel Brown was not playing well before injury. That's like the thing. There's so many of these injuries, but guys aren't necessarily playing well. Like Darren Sproles wasn't like that. Well, you big still would rather Bradham in the game than these correct, guys. Though, correct, correct. But it's giving Nate Gary the opportunity to kind of sink or swim. He is he is like a the most high variance linebacker yeah, yeah. I've ever Either, seen. Either like really badly misses a play or I think on the one of the touchdowns or something he was like really bad. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, there was a it, the first touchdown of the game um Josh Allen rolled out to I guess that would be his right and and then um <laughs> he threatened to run. Nate Gary left his assignment pretty much and you know it, I, Allen was able to connect for an easy touchdown, a wide open touchdown. So I think it, it this is a game that when we look back on it, this could be the turning point or it could just be an outlier. Yeah. An outlier. Um, I will say this. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins was talking in the locker room. I got like literally the tail end. Um, and someone asked him, you know, if he had any comments now that like Orlando Scandrick said that, you know, Malcolm made it personal, which was the most laughable thing ever. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. You basically called. I mean, that he a, was the one that made it personal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't bring up the dude. <laughs> um, and he's like, "No, I got no comment." Oh wow. Which well, he, he, I mean, he I, made, mean it, I missed the. I mean, other... he made it. He made his comments the other day. So yes. <laughs> um, but so so uh, the guys talked a lot. So they, I guess, since uh, they had a players' meeting, I believe on Wednesday. I think it was just a leadership council, uh, which is like the main guys. Malcolm Jenkins, Fletcher Cox, Zach Ertz, guys like that. Um, and it seems like everybody just thinks this it was a good way to reset and be like, all right, we, we need to like stick together in this locker room. And I think Brandon Graham, uh, Brandon Brooks, sorry, had a really good quote that I'll that I'll read here. Um, he said after that meeting, he said it reiterated what Jenk Malcolm Jenkins always says, which is we all we got, we all we need. They said that a lot last year. Uh, when we're in that locker room, that's our sanctuary. We're not worried about any any of the BS going on outside of the locker room. Guys saying this and this about the team, X, Y, and Z. We're not worried about all of that. When we talk about brotherhood in this locker room, we sincerely mean it. We ain't worried about the outside noise. So, like, the, it could have gone – it, things can still go bad. Like, when they lose, things can go bad. But it, the locker room could have gone one of two ways after – everything over the last two weeks. They could have completely fallen on their face, which I kind of lean towards that possibly happening, to be honest. Or they could have used it as motivation and used it to bring everybody together. And that's the me- the underlying message in the locker room. It's not like they're going to say, like, yeah, we all didn't talk to each other all week. We hate each other, but we won anyway. Like, but So that's maybe that happened. I don't know. But it seems like this team is back on the right track, at least internally. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Um at this point in the show, I'd like to uh, offer a public apology. 
to one Jake Elliott. <laughs> so I was doing my suds and duds, and obviously it was windy. I named him as a dud with a caveat, because obviously it was windy. It's understandable that he missed. Very But windy, the yeah. reason why it's a dud is it's the first blemish on his on his thing. You know, he was perfect on field goals and extra points. And I guess we had a conversation, like... I went to the restroom and I came back like after two snaps and I'm like, he missed the field goal. And somebody said, yeah. And then I went back and I looked at the, the transcript and, and just read the different teams wrong, I guess. Cause uh, uh, I think you missed, you saw the other team had a missed field goal. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, and I was, you know, uh, we were, you know, plotting away, but uh, <laughs> Jake Elliott, I apologize to you and your family. Avid No Huddle Show listener, so he for sure. Clearly. Clearly. <laughs> he'll get a kick out of this. Put up bump. <laughs> um, so just a Sorry, few, Mom. <laughs> a few other things from the game. So the offensive line, I didn't think played great in pass protection necessarily, though I think Carson held onto the ball a little too long a few times. On the Andre Dillard. Oh, they were screens. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they, they, they were going hard on the screen game, and it worked, which really helps this offense. But Andre Dillard gave up a sack early. Uh, Lane Johnson had a few mishaps, I think. But and Jason Kelsey had a couple. Jason of Kelsey, Isaac Samalo gave up a sack, I believe, or a tackle for loss. But um, overall, like the offensive line outside of Peters, like has stayed healthy, and like even more so than last year. Like, you know, Lane Johnson had his stuff that he was going through last year with his knee. Jason Kelsey was pretty banged up all year. Peters was Peters. Um, this, this offensive line seems in really good shape. Which I'm sure we'll touch on when we talk about some trade stuff with Vitae, how they maybe don't even need him if they can get a good draft pick in return. But, I mean, I, the fact that they're so good on the offensive line, if they can figure out the defensive line and get the trenches all figured out, maybe trade for a defensive tackle, uh, that, that's kind of the key to this team getting back to being a contender. Plus Deshaun Jackson, obviously. Well, I, I think when you talk about the defensive line, right, they're, they're playing well against the run. Because the, yeah. the, the run... The run defense stuff, yeah, there's some misleading stuff because people are passing on them. Yeah. And, but, like, the linebackers weren't the reason why this team was doing well against the run. It's that front, um, led by Brandon Graham and Fletcher. Fletcher Cox looks like Fletcher Cox. Yeah, finally, because he hadn't until last week, probably. Right. And so, I think that's something... Important. Yeah, when, I mean, he stirs the drink. Like, that's what he yeah. is for the defensive line. I think that's important. Um, a couple of, you know things with how they won this game this pre-snap motion that they have worked into this offense this game was great because as we brought up on, on the on the preview show the Sean McDermott's defense is very good about disguising blitzes disguising coverages they use pre-snap movement to kind of get the bills to tip their hand and I thought it worked out really well I asked Carson Wentz after the game you know why did he think it worked so well? He said it's something that they like to do every now and then, but it just kind of seemed to work in this setting. Um, they used Miles Sanders quite a bit in motion. Uh, Nelson Aguilar was used in motion pretty regularly. Um, he had kind of a different role in this game. It was a lot of... Uh, Miles? No, no, uh, no, Nelson Aguilar. Oh, Nelson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to talk about him because yeah. it was a weird one. Yeah, it was a weird one. I, I wouldn't say that this was a bad game for him. I mean, you look at the numbers, and it's, <laughs> it, his receiving numbers are great. I'm not I'm not saying that, yeah, yeah, but yeah. he did a lot of good mixes. But, so they were like, using him like a, as like a running back, basically? Which, yeah, well, which, he was a like high school running back. I mean, so, well, the, so the first one worked, and then they tried it two more times, end around. Right. And the other two just like were not mm -hmm. as well run. Um he had four catches on four targets for seven yards. <laughs> He's just not a threat as a receiver right now. 
Um, <coughs> okay, so uh, this is another one. Where, so we we kind of mentioned Carson briefly, but like, how, how, what was your final overall grade on his uh, performance today? Like, I give him a B plus. And what's your what's your thought behind that? So he wasn't really asked to be a world mover. Yeah, and we talk about this after the Packers game. I actually think this offense works well when he supplements the running game and supplements uh, the play calling. Because when the play calling's good and the running game's good, Carson really has to be the guy that puts it all together. And I, I think they laid out a great game plan. Those screen passes were worked almost every time. Um, there was some timing passes. Like, Carson knew he couldn't throw downfield in this game. I mean, they've struggled to throw downfield most of the most of the time they've this season. Um, I thought he played within himself, and I think that's what you have to ask for. He did a good job of spreading the ball around. Uh, five different guys were targeted at least three times. That's important. Um, he made sure that he didn't hone in on one guy. There were some telegraph throws. There were some missed throws. There were some wobbly throws. The wind was a factor for sure. Right. I mean, he did finish with a seventy point eight completion percentage. And a 104 point, I think it's like a 109 point. 104.9. 104.9. Only 172 uh, passing yards, but it was all, yeah, short, it was all mean, short passes besides the what I think all he short did, play. What, what I think he did well was set up his playmakers to make plays. Like he put them in space. I thought some two of the throws to Sanders were fantastic. And Sanders' time. catch and run on one of them was especially impressive, 25 yards. They need to keep putting that kid in space. Yeah. He is not he a guy. Good. He looked good. Although we should mention, by the way, he did leave with a shoulder injury. He said he was fine after the game, but we've seen many times where guys say they're fine and they're like out for the year. So, so uh, let's bring that up, right? Yeah, yeah, so, let's talk about that. Um, they don't have depth at running back right now. They don't. I do like what Boston Scott brings. He's yeah. run really hard. He scored a hard. touchdown, by the way. And yeah. People are like, wait, we're in the we're in the point of the season where Boston Scott scored a touchdown, guys. Yeah, I mean, good, good for him. For him. But, yeah. But he, so Sanders goes out, He immediately, they used him instead of Howard on a goal line play and he scored. Yeah, Howard probably needed he a, did. He did fumble break. away that one return, which isn't great, but... Yeah. So, so in theory, let's think in worst case scenario, if Sanders is out multiple weeks and you still have Sproles, who even if he's healthy, you can't rely on him. Like you probably just either they, you could either call up that dude on the practice DeAngelo squad. Henderson. I guess you could sign Jai if you really wanted to. Um, I mean, Kenyon Drake is on the trade block if like it's a long term injury. That mm-hmm. would make sense. Um, not we won't really know until. Well, I mean, I, th- I think Howard's become. He, he's the, a bell cow. I think yeah. he had the most carries. Uh, anyone's had for Doug Peterson in like a few years, apparently. So, so like I think they can get by with him and, and Boston Scott, and maybe yeah. call up D'Angelo Henderson for a couple of weeks. By the way, it's been like forty games or something like that since they've had a hundred yard rusher. He had ninety six. So, <laughs> so close. Here's what I'll say too: the absence for Miles Sanders impacts the passing game more than it does the rushing game at this point. If you really think about it, think about it, like Miles. Miles has been the guy that they've relied on to create big chunk plays in the passing game. And so if he's not there, who's going to be your deep threat? Who's going to be your guy that can get yards after the catch? That's why I'm more inclined to believe that the the move is to trade for a wide receiver, especially a deep threat. Um, you know, we'll get into the trade discussion in probably a couple minutes, but that's clearly lacking. Um, tomorrow, I'll, I, I believe the Eagles have four reasonable trade posi- positions that they could trade yeah. for. Um Linebacker, cornerback, wide receiver, and um, linebacker, wide receiver, cornerback, and defensive defensive tackle. Sorry about that. Uh, And I rank them and give you my my analysis on that. So that'll be out tomorrow. But I think the most obvious issues 
are the are cornerback, wide receiver, and defensive tackle not in that order, I think they're more likely to add a wide receiver or a defensive lineman than they are a corner. Yeah, I kind of lean towards them not even training for a corner, honestly. Um, Darius Slay is so, apparently so, going to be available. So let's put a bow on the game before we get too deep into the trade discussion. Um, so they're 4-4. Four and four. Uh, The Cowboys, I believe, are off this week. They are. Uh, the, so these next, these next eight games, like, so how do you – as of right now, how do you think they finish this season? I know it's hard. It's hard to say. So I think they're going to beat the Bears. Like I feel extremely. I feel pretty good about that too. Uh, the the Seattle game is a toss up because they're at home. If they were in Seattle, it'd be a clear loss to me. I think they're definitely going to lose the Patriots. And, and then, then you have the Cowboys at home, Giants at home, and the road Redskins on the road. And the Dolphins on and the, the Dolphins road. on the road. They beat the, the Dolphins. They'll beat the Redskins. Um, I think they're going to beat the, the Giants. You, you, both times. I don't think it's as much of a lock as like those other games that they beat them both right. times. But yeah, let's say they win one of them at least. That's three. And then you have to beat the Cowboys to get the eight and the eight. Or plus a Giants to get nine and seven, basically. Yeah, I think they're a nine and seven team until they make a move. Um, I The Patriots game is the only game that I don't think is winnable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um the, the Seattle game will be interesting. If they can beat the Bears and the Seahawks, then you're probably looking at 10 wins. The thing the thing that's interesting about this team is, so if Howie makes a trade, the air conditioning just went on. So if you hear a loud noise, all of a sudden, that's why. Um, so if the combination of Howie like adding a receiver and or defensive tackle with Deshaun Jackson getting healthy, with Tim Jernigan getting healthy, with Craven LeBlanc, Avante Maddox, Jason Peters, like if they get all these guys back and they stay healthy, and you're adding talent, like then this is back to like the team that we were talking about before the season. Like they're this deadline, they're getting whoever they get the deadline, and then they're also getting Deshaun Jackson's maybe the biggest addition they're gonna have. Yeah, and I think if they if can, he can stay healthy, of course. If they but. can get him back after the bye, I don't necessarily think they need him for Chicago. Um, Just let him. I would rest him, for especially the bye. if you're yeah. trading for another. What, guy. what point is there of, of risking it? Right, they need him for Seattle. Um, and you want him to feel relaxed and as comfortable as possible. But what I will say is this. I said this earlier in the podcast. There were guys that got injured that were not playing well. So to immediately assume that once Cravon or Avante Maddox comes back, like they're going to be balling out and you've got all this depth in the world, I think would be a mistake. I'm not saying they have to go after a cornerback, but I also wouldn't jump to the conclusion that, wow, just because Ronald Darby had one really good game, Jason yeah. Mills has had two good games. Um, that your cornerback problem's fixed because Rasul Douglas, who had been your best cornerback, is now third, like buried on the bench. Uh, seemingly, um, he had a rough special teams moment where he—I uh, should have added him to duds, but um, <laughs> uh, Russia, you're like, oh wait, I should. Yeah, uh, but like Sydney, uh, Sydney—they got to get Sydney out of the slot. Like, I don't know what he's not. A well, slot they didn't have player. any other options. Right. Yeah. Well, they could have had. You know Craig James, who has played Nick, but again that would have been not played Craig James than yeah. yeah. Well, they played Orlando Scandrick to be fair. Touche. Uh, um, I just think this team does obviously need to get healthier. I think they're in an interesting spot where they still have one. They have both their injured reserve return uh, designations, um, and then they have a bunch of guys who are expected to come back in the next few weeks. They're really in position to where, like you said, if they get all those guys back and everybody plays up to expectations, they can really do some damage in the playoffs because you're going to have guys who, yeah, they're injured, 
but once they heal, they haven't taken the toll of so and so games. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I do think there's a benefit in that. I, I don't want to downplay guys returning, but if you're going to be aggressive and you're going to keep your foot on the gas the way Howie has said that he likes to do, you can't just say, oh, well, I think this will work itself out. That's just not a smart move. And that's what they've basically done all season. And I think that's drawn the ire of fans because there are some very clear issues. And so with that said, you want to get into some trades? Yes. Sound the alarms. This is the trade deadline preview. <laughs> so just to start out, without even like saying specific names or anything, I'm just curious like about these three different scenarios, what you think. I want, I want to ask you what you think the Eagles will do at the trade deadline, what you think the Eagles should do at the trade deadline, what you think the Eagles won't do at the trade deadline. Okay. They – can I start with one? Yeah, we'll start with wherever you want to go. They will not trade Big V. You think they're going to keep him? I think yeah. they're going to keep Big V. What, um, what do you think it would take for Howie to trade him? A fourth? Or I would say a, f- I would say a fifth and a player or a fourth. Yeah. And maybe... Seems like the Browns are like the most obvious – Right. Partner, I just, but I'm not sure any of those players are like that interesting. Well, and I also don't know if the Browns are that interested. That yeah, yeah. seems to be a backup plan for them. I also think uh, offensive line is one of those positions where you can never have enough good good offensive tackles, yeah, especially. Yeah. Um, I did ask Vitae about it. He's not a big talker anyway, but he, he was happy to talk about them winning. And then when I asked him about that, he pretty much was like, uh, those rumors are just rumors until they become true is basically what he said. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not inaccurate. Um, right, so what, what do you think they should do? I think that they should trade for Darius Slay. Here's why. You're going to lose... Ronald Darby's probably not going to be re-signed next year. I don't know how you could justify that with the amount of injuries he's Well, had. either him or Mills at least aren't well, going to be. Well, yeah, let me get to Mills. Yeah. I think Mills, if they don't re-sign Rodney McLeod, does finally move to safety. Hmm. I think there's enough Man. talent here. Or Avante Maddox They love, they love Mills so much. I just, I'm more convinced now than ever that he's staying here like forever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if Schwartz is here, he's yeah. staying. Great I, th- point. I think that's... But we don't know. We don't right? know that, yeah. Um, That'll be, yeah. Because that's going to be a talking point towards the second half of the season. Um, Slay is under contract this season and next season. He's and the only, contract's pretty reasonable, too. I think it's like 10 mil next year. Right, and he's 28. Uh, you can Young. easily extend him. He, he, unha- he I think he's unhappy there because they traded his guy. Uh, uh, Guandre well, Diggs? Yeah, which was a weird trade. Which, I don't know if you, you – for those of you who follow me on Twitter, I immediately was like, why? You know what I mean? It's like – I don't. I don't you know, understand. The Lions won today too. Like they're in the playoff race. Yeah, it's a so weird, they're, they're a weird thing. organization. But I will say this: from what I understand, there's they actually are an ideal consecutive trade deadline partner with the Eagles because Ashawn Robinson is a guy who's about to become a free agent. He's a defensive tackle, uh, former high draft pick. Marvin Jones is yeah, a I like him. It, Mar, Marvin Jones is who they should have traded for last year. Yes. Like it's give unquestionable. A, give up more to get him. I so I, I have a story coming out in the morning um, where I kind of I rank a large number of uh, like realistic trade targets, and I put Marvin Jones on there. I don't think I don't know if the Lions would actually trade him or not, but he's he's like if they wanted to get rid of Aguilar too, like he can play a little in the slot too if you need him. I I think if they would have lost today, they probably would have been down to sell everything. I think Slay talking out the way he has is a very big issue that can, especially for a Patriot-like run organization. Um, or want to be. I think it's going to cost at least a second-round pick to get him. It's probably going to be more. Yeah. Uh, but you would do that. I you would say? trade a second and a fourth for him. 
like but that. You obviously don't think the Eagles will do that. But so yes. what, what do you think the Eagles will do? Then? I think they're going to trade for Robbie Anderson. Um, oh, okay, specifically. I'm, like that. Robbie Anderson and Chris Harris. I think those are the two names to yeah, really... I don't, I, don't, I don't feel like Chris Harris is going to get traded. Yeah, see, like that's the thing. I think they're going to try to, but I, yeah, I, yeah. I mean... But, okay. So what will happen? Okay, what will happen? They will trade for Robbie Anderson. I think that that's going to... What do you think takes a third? Yeah, I think it's going to I think like it's going to be Jones or something. I think it's going to be one of those where like they tr- the Eagles trade a player and like a late round pick for or they they trade a player and a, and a third round pick for probably Anderson in a sixth round pick or something like that. Um I just think it makes a lot of sense. He's young. He's a, you know, he went to Temple like they clearly want him there. He's on the block. It's become abundantly clear. Um I will say this. I think Robbie Anderson has been a little overrated. Um, He can run a really good post route. He can run a nine route better than anyone on this roster outside of Deshaun Jackson. But I wouldn't call him a number one wide receiver. And so I think trading a third round pick for a guy who's got an expiring contract is a little bit of a gamble because you just did that with With, Golden Tate. And it did not work. And it it bombed. I mean, I guess you could justify it with the touchdown against the Bears. One, like this, this makes more sense than that, though, because Golden Tate, at the time, Nelson Aguilar was a big part of the offense, and right. they got a guy who played the same position as him. Anderson's an outside receiver. And I also think, I think um, the reason why I want to see them make a trade, I don't care what it is, is I want to ask Howie Roseman what he learned from the Golden Tate trade. Like a year later, right? Because we've seen the negative effect it's probably had on Nelson Aguilar even into this season. I think that that's a fair thing about finding a role. You know, like maybe that hurt his confidence. Maybe it just it it it, it exposed some of his weaker characteristics, and that's why he's been put in different positions. Um, but here's the thing: Matt Collins is playing far too many snaps to be basically just a body. It exactly. doesn't make like, like any... the fact that you can just replace Matt Collins with Robbie Anderson. Like, I mean, good. he's not taking away any coverage. He's not drawing They're not throwing him the ball ever. He's not drawing anyone important. I mean, you might as well I mean, JJ can run routes. Like Matt yeah, Collins they, they, doesn't they know where they he didn't is. Play JJ by the way. Yeah, he well he got on the victory formation. Oh, uh, did he? Um, he seemed hey, good he, for him. Yeah, he looked very sweaty after the game, <laughs> which was weird. I, I know, was looked... amazed that guys that like don't play and they're still so sweaty in the locker room. Yeah, probably guy, from celebrating uh, you or whatever. Know, but... Like guys shower immediately after the no game, no matter what, no <laughs> matter what. It's I, always, like... I always thought of, if I was a guy who didn't play, I would not shower. I'd be like, screw this. Like, like what? I'm gonna smell on the plane. I don't care. Like, like whatever. it's a cold day out. You didn't do anything. Like maybe what? they're sweating within their pads. Yeah, as well. maybe, like, I, I mean, yeah, that's that's fair. I've I have thought about that though. I'm like, it's what like, are you, what are you doing showering, Josh McCown? <laughs> like Nate Herbig got out of the locker room um, and looked like he had wet hair, and I'm like, dude, he was, you were he just... was inactive. Sorry, this is a tangent that doesn't need to happen. <laughs> hey, so this is what people love so, to hear. So can I can I turn it around on you, Mister Mister Producer? Yeah, what's guy? up? What don't you think will happen, or what do you think will happen? What should happen, and then what don't you think will happen? I don't think they're going to trade for a corner. Okay. I'm, pretty, I'm pretty set on that. I think they like these corners a lot more than the general public they does. They do, and I think people Which need people to, forget that a lot. I think people need to understand how much they like Craven and, and Avante. Yeah, like, like so. The, like the a, thing is, so if you're gonna trade for a corner, it has to be someone who you think the Eagles think is discernibly better than what they have, and those players are gonna cost and a second and a first round pick. And that's Darius Slay, Darius no Slay, Patrick Peterson, Chris, yeah. maybe Chris Harris. I don't know what they would ask for him. Yeah, I don't. Um, uh, what I think they should do. Um, think they should oh, man that's tough um 
Honestly, overpay for Marvin Jones. Like we even just talking about it right now. I just think he makes so much sense. He's young. He's under. I mean, he's not that young. He's like 28, 29. But he's under contract for next season. He's an upgrade over all the, honestly all their receivers right now. Because yeah. Alshon Jeffrey's not the same player. Deshaun, when he's healthy, is probably the best receiver on this team. Mm-hmm. But that's not a guarantee. And like you, you just need to get weapons and make the passing game like a thing again. Um, and then what I think will happen, I think they tra- another Jets thing. I think they trade for Leonard Williams. Yes, I think that that's another very. Popular it would be thing. very interesting if they get, if they were able to somehow pull a trade where they got both of them. I think they do make multiple trades. I think one will be a lot more um, impactful than. Uh, like and they'll, pro- they'll they'll do a minor trade or something. Like really, that. yeah, that's what I mean. Like, Defensive tackle, I could see right. being a minor one. If I could see them just bringing in a veteran level guy who's a backup. Le- Le- Leonard's another guy. Like so with him, he's like a Robbie Anderson. They're about the same age, I believe, actually. Um, yeah, because they're going to be free agents at the same time. So I oh, know, but he was a first round pick though, mm-hmm. so he's probably a year older. Um, but so that so that's the risk. You're you're trading. It probably would take less to get Leonard Williams, honestly, right? Unless there was a big market for him. Well, eh, maybe not. I, I mean, know. Leonard Williams he just hasn't been that good for Le- them. Well, see, I think it's misleading to not misleading to say that he hasn't been good. Yeah, he hasn't been, been a run stopper. He, yeah, he, and he takes on double teams. Rel- it's relative pretty, to expectations. All right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, he is not who yeah. I thought he was going to be an absolute star in the NFL. Right. I, I mean, <laughs> he had a great second year, but and then it's he just seems of, like a prime change of scenery guy where. <laughs> If he's in Philadelphia, he's not taking on the same blocks that he's taking on in New York. He's ha- he has Fletcher Cox, who obviously he's never played next to somebody like that because the Jets haven't had a player even a Pro Bowl level on the defensive line in a few years. Um, Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett, like I just think it'd be so. And he, his ability to play inside and outside fits what Jim Schwartz likes to do. If he if he plays really well and you like him, he works still. If they with Malik Jacks coming back next year because you can put him on the outside if you have to. He can be both the third defensive end and third defensive tackle or something. So let's let's talk about the pros and cons of that real quick. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Leonard Williams is a guy who I do think makes a lot of sense. Um, the pros of it, you obviously get like an eight-game audition. Yeah. Um, on top of that, he's a young guy who could probably fill Timmy Jernigan's spot if Jernigan's not re-signed in this upcoming offseason. Um, he is young. Uh you know, I don't think Joe Douglas would sell Howie. Like, I don't think he would give him a, a buddy discount um, because there is the compensatory pick formula at, at stake, which I think, honestly, that's something the Eagles need to stop worrying about a little bit because, as we've seen with Golden Tate, yeah. uh, they, you know, Jordan. It's not even going to work out that yeah, way. Yeah, Zendejo's yeah. on this roster. Although it was interesting today, he really only played special teams. Like he was, he he played I'm gonna, some. Look up how many snaps he played right now. Yeah, that's true. I never noticed him. Well, they they actually did an, an interesting thing where they were lining up four linebackers pretty consistently, and I think it was because they assigned Nate Gary to spy on Josh Allen. Um, which makes a lot of sense because of their yeah, speed. Yeah, there was one player where they had four linebackers in. Yeah, that's literally what I did. Oh, sorry. I was, uh, I was looking. <laughs> he does this all the time. He doesn't want to hear what I have I to say. I can only focus on one thing at once. Yeah, so he so, only played uh, 23 snaps. Right, total. which is lower than... He said t- it says two of them were on the defensive line, so... That's not hey, good. there you go. Um, he probably said it's a blitzer. Um, so who do you, do you think, um, to change a little bit, do you think the Eagles trade away any players in particular? It seems like Cindy Jones is like the obvious one. I, Sydney and Nelson are the guys that I look at and I'm like, okay, like, I don't know what you're going to get. Like, I feel like what Eagles, are you get for them? Yeah. I feel like Eagles fans oh, over, yeah. I mean, every fan base does yeah. that, but 
Well, because you, you only think about it in terms of how the, my team can get better, not how the other team can get right. better. Right. Um, you know, it's got to be a two-way street. I do think that Nelson Aguilar would make sense for a team like Arizona, who is probably going to move on from Larry Fitzgerald. He loves being out on the West Coast. It makes sense. I know you and I got into a debate because they have Christian Kirk, but, you know, there's not a ton of wide receiver talent there. I mean, Isabel is good. like three guys, though. Yeah, I mean... It would be so what value a, does a guy that's going to become a free agent have for them? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe he's the slopper. I don't know. Who knows? Anyway. Exactly, because um, you don't have a reason. But, I mean, <laughs> like, he could be – like, but that's the thing. Like, Nelson's not a number one. I don't even think he's a number two wide receiver. So, so why do the Cardinals want him? Well, why would any – I mean, like, I'm just trying to find teams that it makes sense for. Yeah. Um, I, th- I said the – I wrote – Actually – I said the, the Panthers were a team that – they don't have, like, a their slot receivers – aren't great because i think curtis samuel and dj Moore on the outside yeah i mean Um, this could be a team the bills uh that might make sense for nelson i mean he didn't have the best performance but they don't really they don't really have a lot of wide receiver depth you know they have john brown they have cole beasley but really i didn't notice any other wide receivers really um i think when we're looking at this team moving forward, you have when you're going to make a trade and you are in position to contend, the only way you're going to be a seller is if you feel like somebody's going to overpay for, yeah. for a player. Or if like the Eagles have a receiver coming in so they don't need Aguilar anymore. Right. I'm not convinced Aguilar's going to make a lot of money on the free agent. No, no, no. I think he's going to have to gonna... settle for a one-year deal. And... He, I think he'd garner a six-round compensatory pick. Right, which at that point is it really... Yeah, I mean, like, are like... You, how much... You, you can... In theory, you should be able to get a fifth round or a sixth round for him in a trade. Well, this is why I find the compensatory pick thing maddening. Yeah, yeah. When when it's Nick Foles and it's like a, a quarterback and yeah. and he's getting paid and you're getting a low third round pick that's essentially the top of the fourth round, that makes a ton of sense to me. But when you're going yourself, like I see all these articles and I see all of, I see Twitter and everybody's like. Yeah, they should definitely trade this guy for a fourth round pick because they're definitely going to fourth round compensatory a pick. A year later, by the way, it's not right now. Right, <laughs> but on top of that, you don't know that things can change. Yeah. I mean, we've been watching the Golden Tate compensatory pick, you know, phenomenon yeah, for like one has changed too because he got suspended for four games. Like, right, so like, like you, you don't know all this. You stuff. don't know what's going to happen. There's always a ri- some risk in any sort of trade. Uh, except for the trade when you make a trade for Jordan Howard, who is clearly earning that fifth round pick for the Bears. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm actually really interested to see Bears week because Jordan Howard was sold for nothing uh, yeah. for a travel thermos, pretty much. And this is a guy who, in my opinion, has been the breakout performer on offense this season. Yeah, like we like we talked about how, last week how guys who have exceeded expectations, him like for sure. Yeah, like it's I, him and Jake I think I think we were higher on him, like generally speaking, than the most of like the public was. But yeah, like, we got a lot of crap for for saying that yeah. we thought that he would be the guy because well, it's the idea that he's the slow the slow running back who doesn't have much juice, but he but he falls forward like then <laughs> he uses strength and he's smart. I think. Yeah, um, I mean, he knows what he's doing. Like yeah. I think that's what the situation is, and I know he's going to be asked a lot about that. And if Miles Sanders can't play. He's going to be playing a lot. So that game's going to be interesting. I also think if 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 Miles is even the slightest bit injured, you do not play him next week because you're going into the bye. Give him an extra week Give him a rest. couple weeks, yeah. Um, Just go all Jordan Howard. Yeah, Jordan Howard, Boston Scott can sprinkle in. Um, but I'd like to see this team have like a true like workhorse back for one game. 
and see how see how, how, see how it goes. Yeah, yeah t- test it on for a fit. You know what I mean? Like he, I think Jordan Howard's ready. Um, they have actually let him take over drives, which I we you and I have been talking about it, and it needed to happen. And I think they've realized how important Jordan Howard. I would extend him. Yeah. I would extend I that him weeks next, ago. <laughs> I would extend him during the bye week. I think he's the one guy on this roster. Like, him, and, him and Sanders can play together for years. Yeah, they're I mean, so it, perfect for each it's other. Hel- you, it's clear that Sanders is. They, were, not. they are soulmates. <laughs> okay, um, but uh, it's extremely clear that that while Miles had a good game today, he is not ready to be that. Well, well, back. that's the thing. He's good in like the small doses because you can throw him in there and he can make a big play. But if you ask him to take twelve carries. He's probably going to gain two yards or less. Yeah, um, he ran pretty confidently today, but that's the one game. Yeah. It's the same thing we said. With and it was the, after four weeks where he was barely running the ball. Right. So, again, I think um, their outlook moving forward is to enhance the offense. Because this we I've said this about a million times since the offseason. This season is was supposed to be about making Carson Wentz as comfortable as possible so that he can, he can produce at the highest level. He's not produced at the highest level. He's been very good this year. But there's still some untapped potential in the season for him. And I think adding somebody like Robbie Anderson or Marvin Jones can help you in that regard, especially when you have somebody like Miles Sanders potentially out of the lineup for a couple of weeks. Uh, we'll obviously keep track of Miles Sanders' injury. I don't know if we're going to get an update from Doug. He never seems to <laughs> actually update anything on Monday. Um, but we'll be there throughout the week. We'll have all your trade Deadline coverage, uh, we've got some good stuff coming in the morning, and um, I think we'll be doing some tw- Twitter mailbags, probably, to kill some time on your work day, and, you know, we'll have you covered from every angle, I guess, on the trade deadline. Yeah. Emergency pods. Yeah, if yeah, there's, hopefully, the Eagles do something big so we can do an emergency pod. We haven't had one of those in a while, and people yeah. love a good emergency I pod. just, I want to talk to Howie. That's really Yeah, he my... doesn't talk to us in the midseason unless they do a trade, so. yeah. And he um, lucked and I, out and I, last and year. I was in I was in Europe last year. Yeah, so. he lucked out last year. I think it was like half the beat group wasn't even in yeah, I think America. Was like, so. I think there was like six of us. I got in like probably, you got in, in forty five questions. I got in like four <laughs> or five questions, which is nuts for this market. So um, yeah, it was interesting. All right, so I don't know if I got the. T- I'll, I'll put the time. If you got to this point, you don't care about the timestamps, but I'm going to put the timestamps on the on the description for when the when the trade deadline stuff came in. Anyway, <laughs> you're such a swell fella, there, Zach. But uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up on that note. We'll have another pod for you, uh, maybe Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, maybe both, maybe neither. I don't know. You know, who knows how this week? I don't know. Maybe maybe Zach will get traded. You never know. <laughs> there are rumors. There are rumors out there. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll wrap up on that note. Uh, leave some comments, write some reviews. Bye, guys.